Hey listeners, this is Brian, co-host of Nerds on History and Nerds on Film. I want to talk to you for a second. If you like the content you've been hearing on our shows, please, by all means, go to nerdonomy.com right now and click on the merch link. That will take you to our own built-in store where you can go and buy t-shirts made from content on the shows as well as original content. All of our shirts are made in the U.S. so you can actually show your pride for the nerds and be ethical at the same time. Do it. Do it now, please. Thank you. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. So how was everybody's week, guys? Been good. Good. Busy, very busy. I went to two Halloween parties over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to uh, bring out an oldie but goodie costume choice. Clark Do Kent tell. changing into Superman. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. You guys did, have seen it before. Did it come with a phone booth? Everyone was joking about that, and you know, no, it didn't. You should have built a phone no. Booth. Well, my 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 actual piece, if I had to give a name, was called it. Fuck it, I don't have time because what eventually ends up happening is he just is Superman from the waist up. Then Clark Kent from the waist down. That's pretty cute. Yeah. See, in the porn version, that would be reversed. Yeah. Wink, wink. (laughs) Normal man up top. Super on the bottom. Hi. What? (laughs) Nice. So you're saying suit top and then blue tights with red underwear? Yep. That's How is should, that a porn star? That's concept? really awkward. I was going for the whole idea that you, super penis. Thank you. Um, so, David, what was your Halloween costume? I was invited to a Halloween party, and I didn't think I was going to go, and so I decided last minute, yeah, I'll go because I want to see some people I haven't seen in a while. So then I thought, fuck, now I have to get a costume together. So I remember going to Target, and Target had one of those old Renaissance masks. You know, the ones with like the that covers the face, but has like a long nose or mm-hmm. something. And like the I, Venetian carnival yeah. masks. Yeah. So I thought, okay, cool. What I'll do is I'll grab that. I'll see if they have like a cape of sorts, and then I'll wear like a dress shirt, some some nice black pants, and some boots, and I'll kind of go in a pseudo Renaissancey garb. But of course, I waited to the last minute, and so I go to Target, and that said mask was now gone. I could see the rack that it was once on, and it was empty, and it made yeah. me sad. So if, I'm if, scrambling. And if only you had said, I would have been able to recommend the place for you to get one. Oh, where? Natasha's Attic. Ah! Yeah. See, but I only had, like... By the way, we just I think we just plugged them. Free advertising, guys. There you go. Congratulations. So, you should probably tell them where they're at now, because they have changed locations. They are now on uh, Bascom. Bascom Avenue near, in San Jose. Um, Bascom and Downing. You know, this is completely yeah. not Bascom. helpful to the people who listen to the podcast who don't live in San Jose. You know what? But for those that do live, I want to say fuck them, but I don't want to fuck them because one that'd be awkward, and also we need them. So So thank you. So for those that are, but you know what, I was going to say that if you live in San Jose, this is a great opportunity for you to go because they have great makeup and costumes, and they're actually very very helpful staff too. Yeah, they're really sweet. Very very helpful and very friendly. In my scramble, I saw the one thing that I found on the rack. That was twenty five bucks, and I looked at it and I said, "Well, for the party tonight, I could probably pull this off." So I ended up grabbing a Dark Knight costume which came with the cowl which i have here in the in the cave it's a cowl from the fi- from the, just the front <clears throat> yeah though. it's not it's a full-on yeah. helmet i wish it was it was a really foam chest piece that you wear with like a, a mini wolf with me because you know it's like a mini cape on me and then it comes with like a foam belt thing you just like tie over your actual belt area and then you just you can wear that with like a black shirt long sleeve black shirt and like black pants and everything you're good to go so for being in a pinch it worked 
Cool. Yeah. So you were kind of a. I went. I went as uh, out of commission Batman. Yeah, you because know, Christian Bale was all fit and things. I was I was like the Batman if like he took a good couple of years off and drank nothing but beer, and which is kind of funny because a couple really years ago I went as Quail Man. If anybody remembers what Quail Man was, dude, that was so good. That it was, was such good. a good year. And but I, again, it was like the 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 sweater vest I bought was a little short, but Way it was the only tight. one that I could find because apparently sweater vests are not. At the, the time, at the time, they were not the 90s. in. They were not in. Now they're now they're <laughs> in. So, but yeah, I couldn't find one. So I found the only one that fit the color scheme, and I was like, "This is going to have to be it." So I became Quail Man if he was like out of a job. And <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So it was a good time, though. Good. It was a good Halloween. Cool. Very cool. Miss Ashley. Um, I was Indiana Jones. Hot. Yeah. Pretty much. I it was pretty saying. hot. I gotta say. Yeah. Did you have someone come up as your as your short round? No, um, actually, I'm so I'm actually going to another Halloween party next weekend. Yeah, isn't that weird though that we have Halloween parties that are happening like on it's the because second. it's on a Wednesday? I, I know, it's on Wednesday. but like, whatever. So I'm to tra- me to me once you're in past October 31st, it is Thanksgiving mode at that point. Yeah, maybe that's just me. Have you been that's, to Kmart? That's it's you. that's not the mentality. Right no, because no, no, Kmart Christmas. it's Christmas from October 1st yeah. forward. Yeah. Anyway, um, but no, so I'm going to another party next weekend and. Um, my uh, very Asian friend is going to be going to that one too, so I told him he should be my short round. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. And actually, you call him Dr. Jones, lady. Well, and while I was at the bar that I went to to celebrate Halloween, I was anticipating chatting up some dude and then like having somebody come up and be like, no time for love, Dr. Jones. Just only because that's what I would do <laughs> if I saw an Indiana Jones trying to chat somebody up. Where was the party at? Like, what bar? I went to the Willow Den in Willow Glen. I see. Clever. I know. I don't think I'm going to... I'm not sure if I'm going to go back there. That's kind of a weird crowd. I don't know if I dug it. Well, it's well I, blend. I think it's a different... I've, I've been there like a bunch of times and for some reason just felt a little different this time. So I don't know. And not to say Willow Glen's not nice. I no, mean, no. I, will, I like Willow Glen and I know I know one of the bartenders at the Willow Den. He's a cool dude and and it was fun. I'm just like, it's just probably not one of my favorite places, mm. but it was good. It was fun. Nice. Definitely had a good time as my hangover can attest to. Nice. Sorry, mom, dad. <laughs> if they've stuck around for ten episodes, then I want to applaud them. Yay! Because there has been <clears throat> there's been some there's crazy been stuff shit. that's been said. <laughs> Definitely All right, some so, crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to Nerds on Film. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. Welcome, for guys, back. to Nerds on Film. I am um, Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley, and I am, of course, Dave Maguire. Yeah. So. What's up in the movie news, guys? Since it's Nerds on Film, let's talk about movies. Well, I recently just went to a Fathom event in which oh, they right. showed We're telling us about uh, this. the Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein back-to-back double feature. So I gotta ask, first off, how long was it all put together? With the interview and the, the extra stuff at the beginning, it was supposed to start at 7. I didn't get out to almost 9.45. But that's not bad. I mean, no, both there was a ten films. minute break in between. Because one, one of the movies was cut down, I think, to seventy five minutes originally. Uh, not from your version, but from the original version. Oh, TCM put it on, and so they had their that's Turner Classic Movies, right? For the younger crowd that doesn't. Do we really need to explain that? Well, I think so. You some never know. Don't know what TCM is. Okay, we do have one Swedish listener, so I might have to clarify for her. I don't. They know. probably do know we? more about. T- we, it's my roommate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, hold on. You know, guys, we reached guys, Sweden. We reached Sweden? Here's one thing I will say. My perception that I've gotten from every European I've known is they know America better than we do. No, this is true. So, but she doesn't, there's some pop culture stuff she doesn't know. Yeah, TCM is not a very well-known thing. Even Our in, podcast even actually educates her on stuff. 
We don't wow. just bullshit. We actually teach people something. Uh, we teach one person something. High five all around, everybody. Woo! All around. Woo! They tell yeah, us. No, I hear that when they teach you to teach, uh, that they tell you to teach to one person. All right. And what, what, what is this one person's name? Mintu. Mintu, this episode is for you. Dedicated to Mintu. <laughs> um, so it was really cool because they had a uh, an interview or uh, a curator of, of historical films, basically. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the of the um, of the program, and so he goes over. You know, um, they did a really cool, and I really want to know more about it. They they went into Universal and how Universal got started, and like what the head of Universal at the time, what his dream and goal was for that production company, and how he took over all this land, which is now the Universal lot, to, right. to build his empire. It's now Universal City, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, and so they did, they talked about that, and then they got into Bela Lugosi and, of course, um, Karloff yeah. to talk about their contributions to it. Yeah. And to which they followed that up with a conversation, actually, with uh, Bela Lugosi Jr. and Sarah Karloff, who are the kin of the two. And then they also had Rick Baker, who was a, a perspective of now and how those makeups affected him and how yeah. they how they gave him the the want to do these i will mention that since you met brought bella lugosi we we mentioned dracula in the history podcast and one thing i thought was really cool to figure out was that bella lugosi was born in hungary and so was vlad tepish oh, who nice. is the character whom dracula is based cool. off of Are they the same person brian <laughs> no i just thought it was a, <laughs> stupid you know here i go trying to like make a cool little factoid and then okay i'm sorry but th- so. This is what we do, right? Yeah, fine. Why do you get upset about you. We got to raz you a bit. Make I've one been razzed my whole life. Oh, don't give me that. Everyone at this table has been razzed their whole life. Don't, Absolutely. You're not, you're not singled out Have here. you met my brother? I have met your brother. So there you He's go. He's been nice to me, though. Anyway, hey, so did you enjoy seeing Frankenstein? Can we keep the char- Charlie Brown music? <laughs> um, it was great because I, 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 had seen, I had seen Frankenstein when I was in high school. And I remember not liking it because I didn't like the ending because it felt so abrupt. So going into yeah. it again with more of a... Uh, with with more film knowledge, because I, obviously I've grown since yeah. I was sixteen, and you saw the sequel, like the, the sequel actually like filled that plot hole, basically, didn't they? Yeah, it did. And yeah. I gotta say, Bride of Frankenstein far better than the original. Yeah, my, one of those my rare is, sequels. My money is on Bride of Frankenstein. If I yeah. had to choose which one was better, I, I I haven't seen the original Frankenstein movie in a long time, and I never yeah, saw the Bride either. of Frankenstein. But what I did do because I was at rehearsal for the play I'm in this week, and I was sitting backstage just not doing anything because I have a long break between my cues so i went to my laptop and i went to movieclips.com and i watched segments from bride of frankenstein Mm. just to get some some insight what i will say about those movies horrendous editing the editing pacing is way off on those movies yeah but that's also because they were still figuring out i don't think it was a big deal i think that really just kind of speaks to old-timey yeah but you know then again like when you get to movies like casablanca though those are really really, that's a very well edited movie there are shots in both films that or just like far too long. Far too long. Yeah. But they look great, though. That's the thing. There That's are two shots that really stand out. And it's in Frankenstein when Frankenstein has just killed the little girl. And the father is, is bringing her back into town to say, you know, she was murdered. This scene is just him walking with her. And it's a track shot. But it looks like it's it, it's one shot. And, I mean, it's just beautifully done. And the look in his yeah. face, and I mean, it just, it all fell into place correctly. And so Absolutely. it almost lost me with Bride of Frankenstein because there's a scene where this other doctor is trying to coax uh, Henry Frank- Frankenstein to come back and yeah. you know, rebuild something else. And he starts pulling out these little jars, and inside these jars are these little itty bitty people 
to which two things popped in my head was where is this movie going? This is starting to turn into, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space, weird sci-fi, which, I mean, works, but it was kind of jarring at first until they got into further explanation of it. But two, how they pulled that off, because you're talking 1937, and they were able to do, like, composite shots like that, which I thought was just really fascinating that they could actually pull that off with yeah. the technology that they had. They were always experimenting with composite with composite shots, but I think in the 30s, because it was black and white, they were using black screens. The trouble with that, though, is you had to be very careful sh- careful of shadows when you were shooting those, because the shadows would also get superimposed. Right. But all in all, it was yeah. fun. Um, it definitely was not a p- packed house. It, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It, going by yourself is not the best thing. If I, I had totally, never I was so going to go. I was so going to go, but I... Um, and the only reason why I, I got too busy pet-sitting, so. The only reason why I got rubbed in was because the, as I was getting... Because I didn't have dinner because I went straight from work, basically. Oh, shit. So, and I was getting stuff in the in the, in the the snacks in the line or whatever, and there were these two guys that were kind of like you and I where they were, they were just like off talking about Walking Dead, and it took everything for me to want to be like... Are you guys can, talking about The Walking Dead? Can I talk to you guys, can, too? Can I talk to you about it? Because I have Can theories. I be your friend for three hours? <laughs> So, um, speaking of doing like kind of like long haul movie marathon stuff, uh, when it was in Oakland, I actually went and saw Napoleon, which is oh, the like the, the, the like, eight hour like the eight hour silent film, and it was a crazy experience. I went with um, my mom's best friend. And and there she, was score when you saw this. It wasn't like yeah, dead no, silent. No, it, there was score. It was it was a live orchestra. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they, it was they, a live they pull orchestra. Out the stops for those types of movies. Wow. Yeah, and it was it was crazy, crazy cool. There was a dinner break because the movie so there was three breaks, you know, two like twenty minutes, and then a, a mid intermission. It's like a like every where break everybody every could go get half. food and come back. That's great. And it was it was awesome, and the technology, yeah. you know, for the time was totally, you know, innovative, but completely cheesy I, I really by our wish, standards i really wish that we had that old experience because it was commonplace for there to be intermissions up into you know the very much their 40s and 50s when you went i to will a movie. say now that movies like especially now since movies are consistently getting longer you know you like one like two and a half hours ish and especially <laughs> and the the fact that the freaking soda sizes at movie theaters are outlandish Gargantuan. outlandish i'll tell you and i swear makes to a, God, makes a I big gulp look like a like a i know i know i'm not the only one who needs they a pee are, break big in the middle are 16 ounces or 20 ounces or something like that it's ridiculous it, like yeah. small it's sm- not small anymore no it's uh, you know this is there's a, a whole totally other argument bizarre. for that that's there's a whole, a whole that's a whole other like universe of podcasting yeah, we're, right no we're I not agree. talking about health and the obesity of america no, the last yeah. time i went to a movie i was like yeah i got a small drink and he handed me this medium size and i'm like that wait hold on that that's your small that's small really he's like oh yeah sir i'm like what the fuck i'm so like it's, what's it's child like, size so basically the sizes go small medium which is what we use to consider large holy fuck that's large water tower yeah <laughs> and the water tower is free refill Let's not right. forget that. Oh my god! Yeah, that's they awful. might as well. They should include a catheter with it. They just yeah. <laughs> they really need to. So, yeah. But yeah, so that was um, that was my most recent adventure, and then I saw Sinister. But that that I will not today. talk about that. It was it was okay, and this yeah. is not a review show. But if it was, I would probably give it two. You, you can out it of out of five. Okay, stars. Okay. I just I was expecting more, and it gave me. There was a lot of red herrings, and I thought, ah, yeah, these red herrings are going to do something, and 
they obviously because they're red herrings they turn out to be nothing so sure. gotcha um, but I do like Ethan Hawke so that yeah. was always good I like to see him do work you know what it's a weird ending to that conversation that's okay that's okay sorry Kate Winslet I've moved on <laughs> it's all about Ethan Hawke now oh my god <laughs> wow your fascination uh, has changed quite a bit a lot can happen in a week Brian Hey, so did you guys hear this? Um, apparently, so as many of us know, X-Men First Class is going to have a sequel coming yeah, out. Yeah, and it deserves Justifiably. One. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, they're going to do Days of Future Past, which if you guys are, are Marvel geeks at all, then you kind of understand that they're finally bringing in Sentinels, which I'm pretty excited about. I don't know about well, the rest of y'all. Sentinel in, in X-Men 3, but it was only in like the training exercises. We don't talk about X-Men 3. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, to kind of know, piggyback on that, X-Men First Class negated X-Men 3 a whole it did. hell of a lot. X-Men really First Class did. was amazing. It did pretty much it negate so everything, so everything X-Men 3 from X-Men 3 just, to that movie. Right. With, so, yeah, I, think it, I think it negated the Wolverine origin, too. Technically, not not officially, but they could have. And so, anyway, um, and Matthew Vaughn directed X Men First Class, right? Yeah, and he yes. was. Uh, we'll have to get some confirmation on this, but he I believe was also the the director of photography on the first two X Men movies. David's going to check that. I'm out of us. Okay, so and then the first two X Men movies were directed by Brian, Brian Singer. Singer. So I heard that actually, um, so Matthew Vaughn was slated to do the sequel for First Class, but um, he just dropped the project. And, um, Did he give a reason? Probably because of January Jones. Oh, God. Did they, have, did they have conflicts or something on the set? Did you not hear about this? No, I did not okay, hear so about this. Okay, so the big thing that Sorry, came the, out... The major conflict that she can't act? Well, <clears throat> let's not go into that. Uh, <laughs> but no, the biggest thing that happened was that during X-Men First Class, she got pregnant. Oh, but she's oh that's not, right. But she's was not with anybody, and there was this very, Uh-oh. very strong possibility that the baby daddy was Matthew Vaughn to which nobody copped the, the truth like she would she she wasn't saying anything he wasn't saying anything but there was just a whole lot of speculation and so because of that I wonder if that plays a part again this is all speculation folks but it's fun to gossip about that's so it. anyway at the at that's the all top. you're gonna say I was waiting yeah. for you to just so I can say go on go on uh, I don't know what, what else do you want me to say he wants to know more about the Matthew Vaughn January Jones sex. So they got into her trailer one night. After <laughs> <film>. <laughs> and this is where we cue the in the background. Yeah. Um, but no, so um, at the top Sean's of. Sean's taking notes. He's like, okay, music yeah, cue here. Right, we're doing it. <laughs> Fine, very white music. <laughs> <laughs> Only eight seconds, so we don't violate copyright. Um, oh, I thought you meant eight seconds for the sex. <laughs> 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 Wow. It could be both. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. I want um, to love you. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So, in other news, Brian Singer is at the top of the list of potential directors. Which makes sense because he did the first two. And the first two were not bad. The first two were um, certainly. They were good. They They were were good. good And I actually, I think I've just more in general had issues with the, the way that the story was taken, the way certain characters were taken, just because. I mean, I understand translating such a convoluted universe. Such Adapt- as the adaptation universe. is such a hard it's genre so to do. It's so hard, so so hard. Well, especially, and I think we talked about this in the last, um, you know, the last comic book movie uh, discussion we had was that the X Men of all of them have done the most justice, right? But it's also the most complex, yeah. yeah. Because that, I believe, I think if you were to take the X Men out of the Marvel universe, Marvel would probably have. 
yeah. maybe a handful of superheroes, but it's because of the X-Men universe that right. inhabits the there's just so many storylines and so on. I'm going to go in and make a flawed argument here, knowing it's going to probably not be perfect. But to me, it feels like it's just in a very generalistic way, comparing like the Avengers to the X-Men movies with superhero teams. Because the Avengers can be swapped out with so many different characters, um, I feel like there's, yes, there's a long history of the characters, but there's this, not, this whole binding thread of the team, whereas the X-Men, even though those characters also are swapped out, because they're all dealing with this whole bigger issue of social acceptance uh, from them being mutants and all these other interesting little nuances between the characters. Uh, that's why it makes it so complex. It's like it's a more evolved storyline than uh, the Avengers would be. Yeah, and I, I would I would probably agree with that. Um, uh, Matthew Vaughn was not a producer on the X-Men, the, the first one. I think his director of photography was what he was saying. Mm, oh, I thought you said producer. No, no director he of was, photography. He was saying... Well, let yeah. me go back to my list. Keep going. Get it right this time, David. I'm so, sorry. For shame, sir. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I just think that it's the, um, the characters of the X-Men team are usually just... They're, there's so much background. There's so much intertwined. You have stuff that goes into space and galaxies. And, yeah. I mean, when you, and once you bring in the Shi'ar space, Empire. Oh, God. It gets so complicated. It gets so complicated. But, you know, and that's the I thing, though. I have no and, idea what the hell you guys are talking about right now. Don't worry about it. And then. <laughs> I'll explain. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> David, take a seat, son. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. So the Shi'ar Empire, those are the intergalactic. Uh, people who they, they they were in the, actually the animated series. You and the Shi'ar is how Ms. Marvel got you, her powers, right? Um, no, that was the Skrulls. Was that the, okay? Uh, you do you ever remember a woman who was really attracted to Xavier who had triangular hair? Oh yeah, I remember. Her. Okay. Um. Oh God, he's he just wasn't into it okay, that much. If, fuck okay. it, I'll just explain it. You know the hover chair that he's got? Sure, came from the Shi'ars. There you go. Thank you. Thank done you. and done. Okay. I'm just gonna say, like, I enjoy the movies. I never watched the. I never watched the cartoon <gasps> as a kid. Oh my god, David, get the fuck out of Brian's house! <laughs> How dare you? Get out of the nerve cave! You don't you belong here. You have desecrated here. this holy ground. <laughs> what the? F- Everybody, cool your shit. <laughs> my god. Uh. You know what? You have no excuse. It's on Netflix. Watch, enjoy. I'm watching others. TV shows. I'm sorry. That's going to have to wait in line. That's an entirely different podcast. No. You need to watch it now. Okay. I'll just end the podcast. And no, okay. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Your footsteps walk off. <laughs> David, where are you was going? That the you guys chef? just said. <laughs> no. <laughs> gonna, gonna, gonna watch the no, that was dum, 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 not derp, 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 derp. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's a terrible Swedish impression. That was horrible. I don't do impressions. We've covered this. Game we're gonna watch the Netflix Didn't do it. So I think that the reason why we brought this up was: Do we are we okay with our collective opinions? Are we okay with Brian Singer doing it? Well, I think it would be only fitting because he created the franchise. As long as it's not Ratner. I mean, he was so, and he was one of those guys who fucking Ratner. Let's not talk about him. Yeah, David's um, very angry just, about it's, it's a sordid subject. Let's not bring it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you need a timeout, David? Just, just don't mention his name. Okay. <laughs> he who shall not be named. That's how we will address him. As if he's Singer. fucking Voldemort. <laughs> Singer was a producer, though, from the beginning on it. So he was really heavily involved when every aspect of getting the movie made. He, well, at least once he was brought onto the project, he really owned it. Yeah. And... Uh, nurtured it through, even through X-Men 3. I mean, keep in mind, 
he dropped out of X-Men 3 mid-pre-production because he was offered Superman Returns. And that was a bigger project than him. That he's always wa- He had always wanted to do a Superman movie. Sure. And he thought it was his only opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. if we were in his position, would we have turned it down? Superman? Uh, well, I would have, but that's just because I'm not into Superman. I would have asked for a better How time. dare you! Oh my you God. get out of the cave, cheers! <laughs> no brands by You yourself. have desecrated this holy ground. Oh, my God. I really this fortress of solitude. Now you see what I was just put through. It can't be a fortress of solitude if there's it three of us. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, since we I get David out. I shunned dead to Brian. No, I, 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 in my opinion, Welcome to I Nerds think, on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. <laughs> I'm cricket, by myself. Cricket. <laughs> Will someone please be my friend? <laughs> please, the phone lines are open. <laughs> are we taking live calls on Skype? <laughs> my Skype name is. Um, I, I mean, I probably would have. I mean, I know the studio probably had a hand in it. I would have pushed to have X Men Three be put on hold because that was obviously a, a, an idea of a script that was not fully developed, and that was an idea of two scripts. That they molded into one, and the the transitions between both. Oh, of them. I didn't know that it was supposed to be X Men Three and Four that they put. Into oh one no, movie. that's just my opinion. I mean, it, I, it, oh, you just felt it could have been. Two it different could have stories. been two movies because you have the the Cure plotline, and then you have the Angel, and you have the the, the Dark Phoenix. The Dark Phoenix. Okay, because Angel ties into the Cure. Yeah, which is fine, and I think that would have been okay. But there was two things that were happening at once, and so that that really kind of muddled things. But yeah, but the, but for me, like to have Singer say, "I'm not gonna, I don't want to do that because I want to do Superman." I'm fine with that. Yeah. However, I also would have asked for a better script on yeah. the Superman story. Well, here's how we feel about changing directors mid series because when you make a film, you're establishing a whole world, you know, and. Vaughn, even though he was kind of... It was almost a weird thing. It was a prequel, almost reboot, hybrid, with X-Men First Class. And he managed to really create this really nice world that didn't seem removed from the original X-Men movies. Yeah, it could still flow in. It could still flow in, but yet it had its own look. It had its own feel to it. And the direct sequel to that movie, Mm -hmm. if it's done by another director, that immediately that director has to mimic, and then they're not directing anymore. Now they're just copying what another director's done. It's the same reason, like, if you recast a major part. Sure. This is probably one of the major reasons why the third and fourth Batman movies did not do as well as uh, the first two had done, because they changed directors, and they changed Batman twice in that, uh, before they decided to, you know. And I think that's another reason why the Nolan films work so well, is because it's a consistent through line of director, writer, and... Aside from Rachel... That was a scheduling conflict, yes. Sure. But you know, I've actually thought that Maggie Gyllenhaal was better. Yeah, absolutely. Than Rachel. Than <laughs> <laughs> that sure sounded so. That sounded very like, un unconvinced. Like, yeah, I bet it was a good scheduling conflict. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. It wasn't Katie Holmes at all. <laughs> no. Um, Bruce, how would your father think of you right now, with the gun in your hand? Well, I mean, so as opposed to like you know, <laughs> but so like as opposed to. Other... I'm a Gotham City attorney. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm just going to read the words that are on this cue card, and I'm going to say them with conviction and a serious tone. <laughs> god, Dawson. I mean, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I mean, definitely when you change the the director's I don't know. I think when you when you know the directors changed, your expectations kind of change a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I think so, we were all kind of when we when was, Ratner changed, it was a little. You knew it was going to be loose. Yeah, a little bit loose because every director to kind of piggyback. Every mm-hmm. director has their own style s- signature. 
Yeah. Right. Well, so they all when have their you, own their own visual aesthetics. Yeah. So I mean, when you think of singer, you think of uh, a lot of a lot of character and a lot of um, focusing in on characters. Like he likes right. to really get the camera riding on, on the person. And Ratner, I think, of all the things that I don't like about him, I think what he does do well is he does the the, the wide shots well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, visually. X Men Three was not bad. Like cinematography no, was, was good. good. I mean, it was visually, it was it was impressive. Yeah, everything else just kind of fell flat. But I mean, I mean, how would you feel if you know if Matthew Vaughn dropped out and then they said, "Oh, by the way, uh, you know, Spielberg wants to pick up X Men Two. Were you just going to ask that question? I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Actually, you know, Spielberg would be. I mean, it, it, that's like saying. You know, we, we, we think your movie's good, or, or your painting is really nice. Um, we think we want to bring someone in to touch it up. Um, hey, Picasso? Ha- exactly. <laughs> hey, this is Picasso. This is Pablo. Have you met Have you met David? <laughs> David? David Pablo? David? I've not heard of your work. No. no? Um, um, Spielberg is, he's made some, some bad movies, but he's made some amazing movies, too. Sure. And what Spielberg does incredibly well is he's one brilliant at moving the camera. Mm-hmm. And filling all the information into one shot, uh, like he puts so much information into one shot of a movie uh, that it's it just it it flows. You know, if he were, to, I don't know if he's really his style though fits for superhero genre. No, like I think I the most you could get. Example, but yeah. so my so my whole thing is, is, do we think that Singer will be able to replicate the look that Matthew Vaughn established? Or is he going to alter it a little bit more on his own? That really depends because when you're directing a movie, it's not just a director going in with his, you know, his. Well, sure, but I mean, like, genius. But, but I mean, like, are they going to use the same art director? The same art director? Are they going to use the same yeah. filters on the camera? The same, or not. same director of photography? Yeah. All those things matter because those guys determine the look and therefore the world of sure. of the movie. And directors don't like shopping around. And who's look, write, who's writing the script? Is it going to be the same scriptwriters? Hang on. By the way, I have not been able to confirm nor deny if Matthew Vaughn has been the DP on it. However, um, <laughs> he is going to be a producer. That was on, a Peter Griffin laugh. <laughs> he is going to be a producer on, on the new sequel. So he dropped out from directing, but he's still producing it. Okay, so he's doing. He's pulling a Tim Burton. Um, not really. And the he, writers, Tim Burton was that was a whole other thing. But oh. You're just talking so, out of your ass now. Days of Future Past. I'm always talking out of my ass. Are you kidding uh, me? Rectal ventriloquism. <laughs> I thought it was anal like ventriloquism. I like rectal better. Anal sounds too sexual. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face, David, was David priceless. was like, what the hell? I was totally talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. <laughs> I'm very frightened. So the question was... Who is going to write the new X Men movie? To which I was able to find out amidst the anal play um, that there are three writers attached. Uh, oh, good lord! Uh, Matthew Vaughn apparently was a screenwriter. Uh, is listed as a screenwriter on it. So is Simon Kinberg and Jane Goldman, who neither one of those I recognize. So Simon Kinberg has written, has written, I think, Whoa, some of the earlier. Wow, X-Men. she's got some cool hair. She is wow. Wait, can you show me the picture? Yes. Does, what, what's her name? Jane, uh, Hello. Jane Goldman. Go to IMDb and check her. She literally check looks her out. like she's got poison ivy hair. She's like got, like, that, like poison red. ivy red hair. It's like red total, hair. and curly, she, and it's rad and 
beautiful. I want her, her hair. Her previous credits include Stardust. Oh. Kick-Ass. Oh. The Dead. Wait, no, no. Wait, Matthew Vaughn directed Kick-Ass, so she's worked with... And she directed Stardust as well. Uh, X-Men First Class, obviously, and The Woman in Black. Oh. With oh okay. Cool. Nice. So she's got some good credits behind her. And the other gentleman... So wait, she is doing the... Simon Kimber, she's listed as being a, as a screenwriter or a screenplay writer. I think Simon Kimber's on, done a lot on of the, stuff. For, on the newest first, one. Oh, mm-hmm. the newer one. Yeah. Okay. And the first one, too. So she's done First Class, and she's going to do The Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, awesome. yeah. Yes. And I think this, Simon Kinberg has done lots of stuff, if I'm not mistaken. He's done Triple uh, X, State of the Union, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. I didn't say it was good stuff. I just said <laughs> stuff. Whoa, I did not know about this. He wrote a pilot for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, was yeah. a pilot? They were going to make it into a TV show? show? Actually, you know what? Why do I series? feel like yeah. that would be an awesome TV show? It would be, because it's like it, it's got Leave a, the Beaver, but with guns. Yeah, it's got a really... That's a really good setup for a TV show. Hmm. It would that's be. A better, that's a better pitch for a TV show than I think there was a also talk of Jumper, maybe. He opinion. wrote Jumper, too. Yeah. Oh, did he really? He wrote Sherlock Holmes, and he wrote This Means War. So his track record is... This Means War. Which one's that one? That was one with Tom Hardy and Chris Pine, yeah. And Reese Witherspoon. Uh, oh, yeah. The one that I saw the preview for, and They're I'm both like, CIA agents. yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, the fact that he is not going to direct it, I'm okay with that. Because uh, my thing is that was the first time being introduced to Matthew Vaughn, so for yeah. him to not be the director of it, I'm okay. And if it's Brian Singer, I'm okay with that because he was the one, as you said, he brought the the franchise yeah. to light, and he's the reason why. Yeah. Comic book movies really kind of took off again because you had the Batmans and the Supermans and the of of yore, but because of his X Men, that's when everybody they changed the game. That's when everybody was like, "Wait a minute, you can make this a real life situation? Holy you can shit! Take it seriously, you can make yeah. it a, you can make it applicable and and you know well, able to be digested by the non comic." book movie people that's a formula though that other filmmakers had tried and worked but they didn't take it seriously i think superman the movie the one that richard donner directed yeah was another great example of choosing really solid character actors uh, and casting to to really support your story and the story was was pretty good it wasn't great you know but superman also has that kind of tone to it where it can't get too serious mm-hmm. this is a point in time where superman had not been rewritten yet this is before even the 1980s reboot one of two that they did in the dc universe so they didn't really have that to fall back on so um i don't know where i was going with that i don't know either but i liked it it was a nice little tangent it was good yeah yeah you're an eight Okay. You didn't quite okay. stick the landing, but you know. Uh, well, <laughs> Sorry, eight point five. So bronze, silver. Sure. Silver. How bronze? about bilver? <laughs> bilver. Bilver. It's a mix between so, bronze and silver. Copper, iron, and silver. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That just happened. That's right, folks. We invent actual elements in the show too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's right. Physics, physics, and chemistry, and people. <laughs> he was like, that's right, you physicists. <laughs> so, okay, so aside then from the the X-Men movies, what else has Brian Singer done that, you know, just to make it, for anybody who doesn't know Brian Usual Singer's suspects. work. Usual Suspects is probably, like, Usual, number yeah, one. Yeah, that goes without saying. Um, okay, no, it, it obviously needed saying. You know, <laughs> if, if, if you want to talk about changing the world, though, I mean, I, I have to bring up. <laughs> A man who needs no introduction. <laughs> cricket <laughs> <laughs> who who are they talking about on this podcast <laughs> you know him from such films as okay let's move on so here he is 
Okay, so fine. Maybe it does need mentioning. But... <laughs> okay, so you also did Superman Returns, which was yeah. a very galvanizing issue in the in the comic book nerd film nerd uh, community. Um, you did Valkyrie. Valkyrie was pretty Valkyrie. damn good. Valkyrie that was, was really that good. was good. Yeah, yeah. That was I was actually quite. I was surprised. The one movie where actually I enjoyed Tom Cruise acting. Hey, you know, you know he's I not lo- that bad. I, he's not that bad. He he's just good needs until to choose. He, he's the... good until he gets angry, and then uh, he screams everything he says when he's I, angry. I'm not gonna lie. Am I four? I really dug you know, that I movie. You know, I still haven't seen it. It's worth your viewing. I I thought it would be the the whole Dubai climbing the building sequence. Breathtaking. Was, was pretty cool. It yeah. was fantastic. Like that stunt was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, and he did it. He really did that. Too. He really did that. The, stunt. the thing is, is like, it shows just how batshit crazy. He is. Well, yeah. So aside from the fact that the he, you know, he'd be cray cray. Uh, aside from that, Mr. Cruz, this is a this is a comedy infused podcast. So if you're out there, please don't kill us. No, he's not going to do it. The Scientologist will. Fuck, David. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I. Do Scientologists... I don't think Scientologists like They're going to find us. Oh, God. And they're going to give us pamphlets. If they... You know what? If Sean's they, not going to cut this part out either. If they He's did, like, nope. <laughs> this one's staying. If the Scientologists haven't killed Matt Stone and Trey Parker, then they're not going to kill us. Yeah, right. yeah, the fact that we talked to 64 people, which will double. Actually, I think we're at to 66 now. We were at 75 for a day. Wow. 75. We're getting yeah. there, guys. We're the little engine that could. Slowly hey, but hey surely. listeners... Pitches to your friends. <laughs> so right now, uh, for having such a, a reputation, he's only done twelve titles. Um, any other, any other ones worth noting? Uh, App pupil. Oh yeah, with Brad Renfro and I want Ian McKellen. Is it Ian McKellen? Yeah, it was yeah. Ian McKellen. It's like a that was an old Nazi. Yeah, that was a Nazi yeah, and that movie, was the right? reason why that was for that reason alone that he wanted him for Magneto. Gotcha. Yeah. He also um, <clears throat> he just recently did the uh, the pilot for Mockingbird Lane. He Which, shot the pilot for that. Yeah. He also, I mean, he was a very heavy force behind House as well. Yes. I mean, he, he directed does. a few, several of the episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Brian Singer, he's he's good. He's good with the camera. He's good with visuals. He's good with storytelling. And for me, it's really the Usual Suspects that really pulls all of those elements together because he was able to pull off that noir um, film that I think at that point, you know, what that's what ninety five. It hadn't really been around. In a while, that's true. Very, very it's, much. And, it was I mean, it was very dormant. It shows because that year, <coughs> Kevin Spacey won the Oscar for mm-hmm. Kaiser Soze slash. What was the other character's name he played? Oh gosh, it's uh, Brick Brent. Mm. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. I loved it the Great. first Verbal time. Verbal Kent. Verbal. Verbal Kent. Verbal Kent. Yeah. Gotcha. How do you shoot the devil? Yeah, I believe there was also a script nomination for that that year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Can you check the awards on that? I sure can. But yeah, I think I think it would be, for me. I, I really have no say, yes or no. I think Brian Singer would do a fine job. Yeah. I mean, if they pulled out of left field and said, like, oh, if they were like, okay, so John Woo's going to direct the new X Men movie, I'd be like, ah, uh, it's going to look what? amazing. Wait, but it's what is happening? He's going to have. There will be too many doves because there's all, there's <laughs> there's so many good people. Be, I just think of like if there's, if they work Cyclops into that movie, and then a dove comes in and just. They're just gonna get taken out by oh the optic glass. It's just gonna be a, one side of the shot will be doves, the other side will be roasted chicken. <laughs> Pete is gonna be so pissed. Um, they won't actually do it, David. Jesus. No doves were harmed in the making of this podcast. Oh, that's true. Or if all were, the doves were harmed. Or they like, <laughs> so the guy who did Birdemic, we want him to do X Men too. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Don't get me started on that. Okay. Birdemic. Have you seen Birdemic? No, but it just looks like a remake of the Birds. No, it is far more than that. You you have to watch Birdemic, and it's because it's, it's for, like, you're it's like, like this the is like third person who's, who's said to watch it that. It is because it. Okay, first of all, you know somebody that's in the movie. Okay, who would I know? Whitney. Um, 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 hold on. To answer your first question. 1996, uh, they won for Best Writing and Best uh, Supporting Actor in a Role. I was um, right. All right. So. Um, Nerd cred established. Nerd cred chick. Hey, I pulled one out last week, too, where I pulled, I called the year that Carrie came out. So I think we're up there, my friend. A five. I need to have a moment, then. All right. They do. Um, Whitney Moore. Whitney Moore. Whitney Moore went to to, uh, to the junior college that we have uh, frequently gone to. I don't know if we want to mention it or not. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I was in a class with her. We took a stand-up comedy class. <gasps> Euthanasia Girl! Euthanasia Girl! Remember, the, oh, remember yeah. my stand-up bit? You you and I were in that same class together. You and I, the there was a the girl, she did, first she, her she first did a part of her bit was about like losing her retainer, and then she pulled she, out the ukulele. And she did the euthanasia song. She talked about and euthanasia. Then our, and then we have no. a, there's a mutual friend of ours who was like in love with her. Yeah, euthanasia girl is Whitney Moore. Whitney Moore is the girl that is in Birdemic, and she's going to be in Birdemic too. And because of Birdemic, she is now all sorts of famous in the inner sphere. Internet sphere, yeah, dude, no joke. I, I can Brian's use. mouth is agape. This is this is her. Remember her face? Remember? She was really cute. I totally do. Yeah, so she is in Birdemic. Fuck. But here's why you have to watch Birdemic because for people like I you have and to I, know, yeah, well, not only to support her, but for people like you and I, and for anybody out there that's listening that wants to be a filmmaker, if this can get made and do well. Oh no, it didn't do well. People hate this movie. But it's like but it's, it's the movie that everybody loves to hate. Have you guys heard about Raiders? Infamous Raiders? Raiders. It's a movie that a bunch of kids did in like the eighties. They wanted to remake Raiders of the Lost Ark at home. And so they were doing like their all their own stunts. They fully budgeted. They started off when they were thirteen. It took them years to make, and apparently it's got this huge cult following, like now that they're in their thirties and stuff. It's like playing at like the Chinese theater in Hollywood and their ain't it cool is news.com or whatever is like totally supporting them. And there's a documentary. At, no, I'm sorry. A book that was written about their whole process making it. And it's like this really crappy like home movie that these kids did. And there's a whole story about like how their friendship almost fell apart because of it. And one of the guys has his first kiss on screen. <laughs> it's just like really cool. So this, like this movie was their coming of age story. Yeah, but so it's the whole behind the scenes thing. But it's a cult classic now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's movies like Dude, that. crappy movies can do it. It's movies like that that get you that that should light a fire underneath anybody's ass to want to go out and make a movie because you look at these movies, and I mean. If you've ever seen the trailer, for the love of God, go to YouTube, look up Birdemic trailer, and you'll see that the birds are literally... You remember Duck Hunt? You showed me this. Yeah, remember Duck Hunt? You showed me this. I can't believe... They were like that? Yeah. This is that movie? That's the movie. It's gotten so much cult following that Rift Tracks did a Fathom event for it. I mean, this movie... No shit. Yes. They did. I remember hearing about that. They just did it last week. It was like the day after the Frankenstein thing. Wow. I I was upset because I was like, fuck, I want to go see that because because of the fact that I know this... We know this person. Like, like, if you watch this movie, it is just... This guy is... I mean, I give him credit for being so passionate about it because he really feels like this is just a work of art. Those shots are so bad. I know. 
and that's the thing is that's why i don't feel that bad i mean i feel bad but i don't feel bad because it's like dude you're, you're you're not that good but at the same time it's like you have so much passion put into this movie i have to give you some credit but i mean that's the thing, right? It's like you look at these movies and you're like, I could fucking do that. Well, it's when you see somebody's love for making movies that you want to support that. So I think that's what it boils down to. Yes. Even though it's an, an atrocity of film. <laughs> that's okay. Because, you know, well, you know, you know what it was also an atrocity? Evil Dead. Even... It wasn't intentionally funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Until the third one, when they did and, intentionally and make it funny. And then they intentionally made it funny. But that, yeah. but I'm saying, like, it, you know. But you can see there's still a passion for filmmaking there, and that's why these things are successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to share something that I found really interesting, since we, you had brought up movie news. Yar. <laughs> Yar? <laughs> Yar. I don't know why all of a sudden I turned into a pirate. That's okay. I don't think it's really a pirate. I think that's the guy from... Isn't that the guy from Hot Fuzz? Oh, God, both. that's right. right, both, right. both. little of both. <laughs> okay, so here's one. Uh-huh. Gonna, I'm just going to read a quote that we found on the MarySue.com. One um, of my favorite websites, by so the way. What is Mary Sue for those of you that don't? For those of us that don't so know, you want to give us a little yeah, info on that? Yeah, so essentially, um, it's like the ultimate geek girl website, essentially. They... Uh, do movie news, TV news, if you're into anything like, you know, sci-fi, um, Doctor Who, My Little Pony, for people who are into that, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. Um, they, they, it's just like overall geek. Like anything that you would see at Comic-Con, you can find on Mary Sue. It's just really funny. And they um, they do a lot of like links to other websites and other really cool stuff. And yeah. they're just a, It's a very, very fun website. If you're into geek stuff, check it out. Okay, well, here's one. Speaking and of they geeks, should hire me. Yeah, sp- <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of geeks, so, nice. uh, you know, James Bond is coming out. Yeah. Skyfall is coming out in a couple weeks. Have, did you guys hear the Adele's intro song? I, I, haven't, I just heard that she's done it. I haven't oh heard it yet. Oh, my God. It is badass. Is it? it's, it's good. Yeah. It it's, is it's a really callback to the old 60s Bond. Oh, yeah. Well, and, she's got that kind of style. And it is a, it's a callback to the 60s. The music is is beautifully done. And it, it's very Adele, but it's also very James Bond. I mean, it's beautiful. If you if you it haven't, really if you well haven't downloaded it's got that, it yet, like, '60s big band, dude, it sound. gives me chills to hear. I, I'm I'm in love with Adele. I think her voice is amazing. So yeah. I mean, she can do no wrong. Especially since like this, like I remember seeing the interview with Anderson Cooper, and she he's just like sing something, and she sings "Rolling in the Deep" just like the first few bars of it on the spot. Oh yeah, and knocks it out. Oh yeah, and she's just sitting there talking to him. Right, unbelievable. Well, anyway. Since we're on the topic of Bond, uh, now that I've kind James of Bond. steered the conversation Segway. that way, um, this how dare I'm, you hijack this? I'm taking this conversation. I'm taking this podcast, and we're going to go to Disneyland. I want to go to Disneyland. I'm totally I on go, board. But I don't want to go with this Brian. <laughs> <laughs> would you the rather Brian go with, with really the Brian? Voice. Oh, yeah, would you rather go with the Brian from earlier that was doing the the, the pedophile voice? voice? <laughs> Don't bring that up. That was in the sound test. Why did you do that? <laughs> because Sean's going to put that in. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> okay, so what about James? How Bond? dare you? How dare? <laughs> How dare you? Have we desecrated the the sacred grounds once three again? times? <laughs> thrice. 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 Thrice in one evening. It has been thrice desecrated. <laughs> thrice desecrated. I have to make three sacrifices now. Uh, you kind Forget. of almost went to a Monty Python there for I did, a little bit. I did. <laughs> 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 
the holy oh hand grenade event deal. How the fuck do I recover from this? <laughs> James Bond. James Bond. Bond. James. Question Bond. for you. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Bond? Uh, Serico. Um, aside from the fact that a lot of times I tend to fall asleep during James Bond movies, and I don't know why. It's not that I'm not interested. I just think I'm always watching them when I'm really tired. Oh. Um, you should do, fix that. But, no, so I tried watching Quantum of Solace recently, and I fell asleep. And then that one, I was definitely really, really tired. And that one was an okay movie anyway. I haven't um, seen that one. From what I did see. And then Casino Royale, all three times I've tried to watch that movie, I've fallen asleep. Really? I swear oh. to God. Now it's like it's like Pavlovian now. I just think I <laughs> instant like comes to a scene. I'm like, and I go out. <laughs> um, uh, I rem- Nap time. Nap time. Uh, I re- oh, look. He's about to give himself a, a blast from his EKG thing. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe maybe it's something about the theme song or whatever that's really comforting to me, just because like I used to watch my brother play Goldeneye all the time, and oh so God. yeah. Oh, and hours spent. Sean, you, my Sean, you guys know him now because he's not been on the show. He used to school me at that game, and now I school him. Oh, oh, damn! Because of Halo, Halo has trained me well. That was cute. Stop. <laughs> And I I loved Goldeneye. And yeah, then so Goldeneye was great. I think the ones that I actually did you ever do play with the inflated heads? <laughs> of course they would. Sorry. So I think the ones that I actually watched were um, the Pierce Brosnan ones. The Brosnan ones were pretty good. Well, let me ask you this: How would you feel if Bond was black? I'm, I'm down. down. Whoa, <laughs> that was weird. Jinx. That was a nerd I don't jinx. think it matters. I don't think it matters either, especially He's- if you believe in the whole concept. There's a lot of this big nerd concept out there, which is that the Bond series, the way they justify the character having changed six times, is that he's He's really not... He's the doctor. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, James Bond's a time lord, easily. He's a time lord. Exactly. Duh. Um, Makes so much sense now. And MI6 gave him the technology to regenerate. (laughs) Right, right. Just the moment before he dies. Bond, you have a a license to kill and a license to travel through time. (laughs) Use them wisely. Yeah, he has a TARDIS. We call this the TARDIS. Um... It looks like a police call box. Oh, it's so much more. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> wow. That's okay. What she so. said. What? Oh, my gig, God. Gig, 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 what? what does that even mean? I don't know. Make of, it what, make of it what you will. What, you guys can make lame sex jokes, but I can't? No. Oh, fuck you both. <laughs> So I found this article on the Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the Mary Sue? So it's uh, a kind of a, a geek girl blog, essentially. <laughs> Um, you can kind of see uh, tons of movie news on it. Um, pretty much anything geek related you can find on here. They they like to talk about um, cosplay, Comic Con, Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, lots My Little Pony. Lots content. of nerd friendly content, and it's all pretty much done by girls. So, gotcha. um, there's usually some feminist stuff in there too. So they ran an article that uh, Naomi Harris, who was the Bond girl in Skyfall, uh, was interviewed, and she had this little quote to say. She was interviewed by the Huffington Post, by the way. She says, I didn't realize that there was talk about this when I did the film with Idris, but when, when it, she did a film with Idris Ilba, uh, and he said that he met Barbara Broccoli, who is the producer of one of the Bond films. Albert Broccoli's Chopping daughter. Chopin Broccoli. Yes. And Chopin Broccoli. <laughs> uh, and that it does seem like there's a possibility in the future that there could very well be a black James Bond. She's totally speculating because of yeah, this is all the cyclical nature of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would have to vote for Idris because I just finished working with him and he's a great guy. So total speculation at this point. But that brings up a really interesting argument. Mm. Totally Bonds have always it. been white. And with the exception of... of um, Why well, hasn't he been tanned? 
with the exception of Daniel Craig, they've also all been dark-haired, light-skinned. So going for a black Bond would be kind of interesting. Yeah, why not? Yeah, what's, I don't, I don't let's, think let's it. Let's do it. And the fact that they want to do Idris Elba is even more fantastic because yeah, he has that kind of suave character. He's got a suave character. The, I think what qualifies Bond is you have to be you have to be very suave. You have to own yourself. You have to meaning, be fierce too. You have to be fierce. You have to have this air about you that says that you know exactly what you want. I mean, you have to you have to be read as though your intentions are there. But you know, because with every Bond, there's always been a smugness to them. There's always been uh, a playfulness to this them. Charm, and with yeah. the exception of Daniel Craig, because Daniel Craig's Bond has had some smugness and playfulness but he's he's badass i mean he's gritty his bond is very gritty but i also feel like his bond is a bond who's still coming into his own almost which is why i think this movie up here this new one that's coming to uh skyfall i feel is going to um help further that thought along it's that whole weird thing because they did every single ian fleming novel except for casino royale when fleming was still alive with sean connery and with roger moore right and then they go back and do Casino Royale years later mm-hmm. with Daniel Craig. And that was supposed to be the first novel, the first yeah. mm-hmm. mission. So now they're going back and doing the first mission over again. It it, it leaves the audience over. confused, I think, because, one, are we doing a prequel? Are we doing a re... Are we Wait, re- time out. What do you mean first? What, oh, Casino mean, Royale was his first oh, mission oh, of being, okay. being a so double O agent. doing it again. Okay. Yeah. So is was, was it a reboot? No, not technically, because it was the original novel. But it doesn't fit into the original storyline because it's taking place in the now, after the Cold War is over. So they had to make some adjustments to it. So it's that weird pseudo-universe that we're now creating. And that really, I think, fits into the the nerd, the the fan argument that Bond is is really not one person. Mm -hmm. He's an alias. Yeah, it's a geek theory. And this has been run on Mm -hmm. Crack.com on one of their articles. And got my friend Nap... We all know Nap. Nah. He's been saying this for years that Bond is just an alias. Yeah. Yeah. He's an alias given to you by MI6, and you assume that role, and that until either you die or you retire, and then you kind of go off the radar and become another person. You go back. You assume your old identity again. Wouldn't that be great if Daniel Craig ran into Pierce Brosnan? I'm going to steal oh one of Nap's God. bits here. Nap always wanted Sean Connery to be a Bond villain, to come back as a Bond villain, just so we could have the line, "Show Mr. Bond, we meet again." No, I don't think we have. No, we have. I used to be you. Oh, that'd be so cool. I want to see that. I, I'm down. Yeah? I could do that. Yeah, Let's unfortunately, Sean Connery's retired now, so that's never going to happen. Well, but. just throw him a bunch of money. He's 82 years old. I don't care. Yeah, he probably could still do it. He doesn't have to run around. I love Sean Connery. All he has to do, you know what he could do? Put he, him on a horse. That'll <laughs> Just make him... Yeah. Just do it, do, do what they do with the guy. Do what they uh, with Doctor No. Just give him a chair. He'll just well, swivel they around. Can, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll do what they did with Christopher Lee in Star Wars. They'll just they'll no. just CG his head if they onto the body. Oh, so upset. God, let's not even get no. into that. It I got never, better in Episode Three because in Episode Three I didn't even know they had done it. It I was did. very clearly noticeable in Episode Two, but no. All right, fine. But I do think I, I I do support that theory because I mean Bond has been going on for fifty years. And there's no way, and they've never justifiably said how like M has changed from the man to the woman. Like Bond has changed yeah. over the years. M- Money Penny has changed. I mean, 
everybody has gone through multiple character. Like, well, I think changes. they never felt the reason. I, I don't think they ever felt a need to explain it, and I right. don't think anybody's ever asked for a reason. But if they were to go, if they were to go, it's to a nice a black idea. Bond, that would definitely that would pretty much solidify. seal the the theory. Not yeah. necessarily, because again, they've been able to recast it, so but nobody's asking the but questions. They've, they've alluded to like in Goldeneye that. The Judy Dench M was not the first M. She was a new M. Right, because cause, cause yeah. she was like, "You don't like my methods. Yeah, and I don't like you." And but then she Desmond like Llewellyn him. when he passed away, they had to recast. Well, they didn't know he was gonna he was gonna die, but he knew he was gonna retire from after. Uh, what was it? The world's not enough. And John Cleese became the new Q at that point. So, um, like, they've had they're okay with these other codenamed characters being cycled out and addressing it in the story. Mm-hmm. So why not make Bond the same way? You know. I- I see no problem with that. I think it, it makes sense. And yeah. it also, it, it's best for them because it allows them to further the franchise. Totally. I and think it's one of those things, like, it's such an iconic character. Like, like nobody's ever going to need an explanation as to why there's somebody else playing Superman or something like that. Like, yeah. so, I, I, so I don't think it, I don't think it warrants an explanation. It's nice that there's a theory about it, but I don't think it well, needs it. it. And I don't think the fact that there's going to be a black James Bond, if there will be a black James Bond, I'm just, if, 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 speculation. I don't think that it's necessary to explain let, it. Let, let me bring this a little bit further here because I agree with you guys. I don't think it matters. But how do you make that counter-argument if you're opposed to a black bond and not sound like a racist? Oh, no, you can't. You can't do it. You're just going to sound racist. And here's, here's a good example, too. I remember a couple years ago there was speculation uh, back before Superman Returns had been made that they were going to go with black Lois Lane. And they were speculating that Gabrielle Union was going to play. Ooh. Oh, she'd be good. I like she'd her. She'd be great. Really? I, think I she'd like be great. her. Yeah, I don't think she would because she's got this. She's got that really mm. smart, pointed personality. Yeah, she does. I think maybe it's just because I've seen her in not yeah. so good stuff. Not only that, but if it's a white Superman and a black Lois Lane, there's that still that whole un- interracial tension. Um, it's interracial, however, because it's a black woman, it's actually more acceptable. Yeah, double standard. No, that that's totally yeah. that's I'd totally I'd, that's I'd, totally been researched. I, no, I'm not. I'm not. And saying that yet you guys there are was not nearly it. as much hullabaloo when they announced that Lawrence Fishburne was going to play Perry White in the more uh, in the upcoming Superman movie. Is he playing? He's playing Perry White. Yep. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's great, right? Well, he's think... got the. He's got the. The thing is, is that this is where I. This is where I kind of throw up the flag of I don't give a shit because as long as the actor, whoever that person is, black or white, you know, or 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 Hispanic or Hispanic or Asian or Jewish, or whatever, whatever the, whatever, the whatever, ethnic whatever, background yeah, whatever is, whatever your ethnic background is. If you can still embody what that character's original intent was and have a British accent. And, well, yeah. it, and it is <laughs> British too. And, with, and with Bond, you have to have the British accent. But the fact is, is that if you can embody that character and then bring life to that character, and also put your own spin on it, yeah. By all means, fucking put Morpheus can be Perry White. Idris Elba could be James Bond yeah. because honestly, Sam Jackson can be Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Because Nick Fury was originally white, and then he turned him into a black guy. Well, he's black in the Ultimate Universe. Well, well, they they made him black in the Ultimate Universe because they wanted to model him after Samuel L. Jackson. So Samuel L. Jackson's playing himself. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and that's, I have that a lot true. of problems that, with that, that but that o- only for that reason, really. But Jeff Jackson's a badass, and so is Fury. So but but he shouldn't but, be playing himself. Anyway, but continue. The, <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that it does not matter who you are or what what ethnicity you are or where, what your background is if you have the chops and if you know if Adris Alba could bring James Bond alive yeah then by all means go for it i agree with you guys i think we're living in a very progressive part of the country though and that it's going to push people to out of their comfort zones when they see a character that they know of as established being rechanged like that now let me ask another question real quick just to as a side note how would you guys feel if they cast an american actor as, as James Bond 
if they can pull off the British accent. That it, it's MI6. You need to be. You have to be. You're, so you have to have like a flawless. You are representing yeah. Mother England. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's well, that. If we can't, if we've they had, can't if do we've a Renee Zellweger in uh, Bridget, Bridget Jones's, Jones's Diary. Diary. They 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 can't. Yeah. If we've had a Brit play Superman and Batman at this point, I think it's it could be only, it'd only be fair. I again, it doesn't. I I could give two shits about where you come yeah. from. I mean, True. as long as you can pull it off. If you can make me think that you come from Wales, cool. Well done. Thank you so much for that. Wales is a country in England. Well, was, it's was, it's not in England, but it's part of the United Kingdom. Okay, so that's but the, but the point I was making. But the, though, the, it's, it's a, but the Welsh accent is different than the British accent. Yes. Okay, you're missing you get the point the, of what okay. I'm saying. No, I, no, I get what you're saying. What I was trying to say was that I don't, like, if someone can pull off the accent and still maintain the embodiment of James Bond. Cool. Then it could be American. I see no holes in, in your ar- argument there. Sarah? Um, well, I was just going to say that I think it's kind of interesting that when Hunger Games came out, the the character of Rue, the Wait, little girl. you saw Hunger Games? No, I didn't see Hunger Games, but I read the book. <laughs> okay. I read all three of the books, and they're actually really good. They're, okay. They're very, very entertaining. I heard mixed things about the movie. I, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. But, but when they cast the little girl, Rue, um, she was, they made her black. But in the books, she wasn't, you know, specific race. In fact, actually, if you read the description, it kind of implies that she could be black. Because they describe her skin as dark, but um, apparently a lot of people were still throwing a fit because they thought that she was going to be white. They had it in their heads, in their heads that she was going to be white. And so when they had a black girl, they're like, "No, this is wrong casting. What's wrong with you guys?" And I'm like, "Why are you taking it out on a little black girl? Like that's silly." Well, I think that's also the one thing that people are always going to have. It's unfortunate that it happened to be because of a black actress being cast as the part. But I think that argument would be made with any book adaptation because Mm -hmm. everybody conceives this idea of this character looks like this in my head james bond is a book adaptation i know i'm so he can be any color right right yeah so yeah so it doesn't matter what people like right that's what we've already established the imagery that is white but yeah i wasn't going against that no i'm not i'm not arguing i'm I'm adding it to you well clearly we can go on and on about this topic oh fuck you Just using final, my closing j- technique. Just, on just a final thought. I think that to kind of wrap up here, we 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 uh, we agreed that Singer can take over for for X Men. Yep. Um, and really, I mean, at this point, I think we I think we the feeling was that everybody was kind of indifferent about who would take it over. It's at this point, it's just if somebody has a firm grasp of the of the of the story and yeah. of the, of the yeah. universe. As long as they can do justice to the characters. Well, and Singer's already familiar with a lot of the characters. Right. Exactly. So why not? Yeah. And then we also agreed that it doesn't matter if Idris Elba is James Bond because we feel that he would do a phenomenal job doing so. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter if you're black or white or of any other ethnic background. Bond is Bond. And if you can embody that character, go for it. Yeah, if you can drink martinis, kick ass, and bone chicks like Bond, then that's that's all that matters. And then smile. As long as you're doing it with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I see. Uh, well, listeners, that is another episode of Nerds on Film. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you guys yep. can, of course, always email us. I am uh, David at Nerdonomy.com. I am Brian at Nerdonomy.com. And I'm Sarah with an H at Nerdonomy.com. That's Sarah spelled with an H, not Sarah with an H at Nerdonomy.com. That would be weird. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to us on our website as well as through iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm, uh, I'm at David C. McGuire. And I'm at Brian Moriarty. 
and I don't Twitter. Okay, then. There you go. And uh, by all means, please, uh, if you subscribe, please give us a rating. We'd love to hear what you guys think of the show. Mm-hmm. And Twitter us back. We'd love to hear your insight. And also, um, we've got some rockin' t-shirts on Neuronomy.com. Did you not hear the ad at the beginning of this episode? Right. And hey, they're made in America. Come on. Hello. It's like we're giving Support you the t-shirts. economy. Come but, on. But yeah. We're wear yeah. us on your chest. Yeah. There you go. And then throw us on the floor, all ridiculously sexy-like. In tatters. Just, just rip us off. <laughs> guys. But don't actually rip us guys, off. Guys, you know, Sarah has told me in confidence that if she sees the Alpha Nerd shirt, it's coming off. It's coming oh, off yeah. right there Hello. in public. Hi. You need to like avert your eyes because it's going to get ugly real fast. Why are you, are you saying when, <laughs> when you say that when I take off my shirt, it's ugly? No. No. What's about to happen is going to get oh, ugly. Okay. No, no. What? Well, this hey, you know another what? awkward episode of Nerds on Film. <laughs> you know what? Making love is a beautiful thing, Brian. <laughs> it's not. Thank you so much for joining us. It's totally not. <laughs> Have we a great night. Welcome to both sex. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Goodbye.